If you or someone you know is a cat owner looking to deepen your understanding of your feline friend, then you won't want to miss today's episode. Our special guest, Pam Johnson-Bennett, a renowned cat behavior consultant, will be sharing her top five things every cat owner should know. Get ready for some great insights and practical tips to help you create a happy and healthy life for your beloved pet. That's today on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into this week's episode of the Family Pet Podcast, the podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined once more by Stephen, my co-host. Welcome in, brother. Yes. Hello, Michael. Are you okay? I don't know. Short. I, was, I was waiting for you to say something about me, and just it just didn't happen. Nice. It, the reason is, is because our guest, I can't help but be nice when... Our guest is around because she just makes, I feel like. I just smile. I do too. I just smile. She's one of our top favorite guests that we've had on the Family Pet Podcast. She's the first, the first three-time podcast guest, Miss Pam Johnson Bennett. Oh, with the studio applause. Oh, thank you. I, I'm, I'm not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> For those listeners that maybe this is your first episode of the Family Pet Podcast, Pam Johnson Bennett is a cat behavior consultant. She has been on the show with us on episode 21 and episode 53. And now I don't even know what episode we're on now, but we in today's episode. So um, you have just brought so much information to us just about cats in general. Adding multi cats was episode 53. And today we have a special episode. It's Pam's top five things every cat owner should know. So without further ado, what's number one? Well, let's go through it. Let's do it. The first thing is understanding resources, understanding that you know, a litter box is not just a box you stick in the corner and forget about. So pay attention to the fact that all of those resources matter to the cat, where the litter box is, how clean you keep it, you know, where the food bowl is, the condition, you know, some people put food down and then, you know, you have to use a hammer, you know, or a, or a chisel mm. to get the food out before you, you clean not it. Not at my cats. They will eat everything and lick the bowl clean. But so, not every cat, it's like that. Right. So just pay attention to you know, these are very important resources for the cat. You know, cats need scratching posts. They need clean food bowls. They need, you know, clean, fresh water. They need a litter box that is clean, comfortable to get into, you know, and in a location that is appealing and comfortable. And you mentioned something the last time you were here that I was like, huh, I never really thought about that. But human affection is a resource as well, or, or human interaction yeah, you time. Are, yeah, you are a resource too, the cat's time with you. And and that was a challenge. If you had multiple cats, you had to keep that in mind. So that you do, because if you know. one cat just always wants to be on your lap and views that as almost, you know, okay, you're mine, you mm-hmm. know. So you resources is everything that a cat needs to go through daily life to be a cat, and you know, don't downplay your role in that. And now I know with litter boxes, we're supposed to have one more litter box than we have cats. Right. And is that the same for other resources as well? Like, should we have multiple food bowls and multiple water bowls? It depends on the relationship. Now, with litter boxes, you should have one more than you have cats, but you don't want to line them up together. You want Mm -hmm. to spread them out 
throughout the house so that one cat doesn't have to cross another cat's personal area, especially if they have a tense relationship. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to go to the bathroom next to my brother. There you so go. See? So. We had great conversations in the stalls. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I don't think the cats are sitting and conversing. Yeah, right. But it can be that way with, with the food bowl, too. Some cats don't mind you know sharing but for the most part cats are not social eaters they have a social structure but they're not social eaters so it may mean that the tension that's going on between a couple cats might be because you have either insisted that they eat out of one bowl or you've put the bowls too close together and you talked about that that even the cat doesn't want to feel or sense the see the other cat watching them eat right because there's a lot of intimidation cats are not confrontational they they don't want to have a physical fight and that's why they do a lot of posturing that's why they do the whole puff up so they look big you they're know. like high school boys exactly it's all it's all you know <laughs> hey you don't want to mess with me but then you know yeah. as with most bullies it's you know as soon as you challenge them oh my gosh they're running but um sometimes one cat can be eating or using the litter box and another cat is doing a very challenging stare or body posture that indicates you know they're trying to intimidate so number one provide sufficient resources right just recognize the importance of your cat's resource don't make them an afterthought and i see that too much all right what's number two number two is understand how cats communicate they're not dogs and as much as we want to love them like they are members of our family because they are They are not little human babies. So recognize how a cat communicates. Respect body language. If the cat is giving a distance increasing body language, which means I don't really want to be bothered right now, pay attention to those things. And that's how you strengthen the relationship. I play rough with the cats. Is that good or bad? Uh, Will they tell me if they like it? But see, the bad part is... You may be damaging the relationship because it may start out as good, but then you may not be paying attention to how they've crossed over into now becoming defensive. Yeah. Because, like, my dogs love, well, I think they do. I don't know. Now I'm questioning all the way I show my. Yeah, you might be playing with your cats the way your dogs like it. Yeah. But, you know, cats are not, they're not wrestlers, really. They're, They're hunters. Even though they wrestle with each other. They wrestle with each other because there is a communication that they have that you don't have. You know, just like a lot of people will say, well, I reprimand my cat by, you know, smacking him on the nose the way the mother cat would. But the mother cat is also doing a whole bunch of other communication (laughs) that we can't do. So uh, uh, let me ask a question. I don't know how cats communicate. You said understand it. I I don't I don't understand it. Where can I go? You can. I have a lot of information on my website. It's in my books. You can look online. You can watch videos. There's, there's a, a lot of videos. There's a book it. she wrote called <clears throat> Think Like a Cat. Yeah. That's there we what go. you need to read. That's, that's what I was, in, I was tossing a softball, but yeah. she was too, she's too humble to promote her stuff. I, I, I will promote I, it for her. I, okay. I want people to just learn the information. And, right. You know, someone may say, hey, I don't have the extra money for the book. You know, you can find the information out there. That's why I have my website with a lot of articles on there mm-hmm. but and you link we, a lot of things on social media uh and we'll give we'll make sure we put absolutely. that stuff in the show notes because i know um on instagram especially i see a lot of um little uh slides and things that you share I, with lots i try of, to my goal is i just i just want people to have the relationship with cats yeah. they want but even with communication your own cat just watch it's like oh every time i go to pet my cat this way 
he scratches me. Mm-hmm. But if I pet him this way, he likes it. Pay attention to those things. All right. Well, let's let's talk about number three. Well, this leads into training. A lot of people think cats, they get cats because they don't think there'll be any training involved or they think they come pre-trained. Well, he'll use the litter box. Everything will be fine. Cats need to be trained. They need to be consistently trained, trained with love. And a big problem I see is the inconsistency where somebody in the family wants the cat to, allows the cat on the kitchen counter, let's say, and then someone else doesn't, so the cat gets punished for it. So be consistent and train your cat. They're very, very smart. If any of our listeners are interested in like this training a cat, you need to go back and listen to episode 26 with our very own Dr. Sam, uh, Dr. Sam Nieves. She talks in detail on that episode about training cats and how you do it and clicker training. Clicker and, training. And, yeah. I forget how many tricks she said her clicker cat training does, like, is great it's such 20 a great, something it's, 20 something tricks her cat does and, yep. and but there are things you can do clicker training for example for fun stuff i mean you know but you want to train your cat and you can use a clicker that's how i've trained is you want to train the cat to accept being in the carrier that's right the cat to handle going in the car going to the veterinary clinic having their nails trimmed having their ears cleaned all these things that you don't think you're going to need when you get that cute little kitten it's going to make a big difference when the time comes. Train so them train, early and train, train them often. <laughs> and train with love. That's Sounds great. Good. What about number four? Number four is play. Another thing that we drop the ball on is we think, well, cats just play with anything. You know, I'll just have a basket of toys. Play with your cat. You know, cats, they're predators. They, they need stimulation. They need discovery and enrichment every day. And that's also a great bonding experience for the two of you to really build that, that relationship. So you should be playing with your cat with an interactive toy that's like a fishing pole type toy at least twice a day. And then instead of having toys that are just in a basket in the corner, which are basically dead prey, mm-hmm. I hide toys around the house for my cat to find. You know, so that it can be these little moments of discovery. So don't undervalue the importance of play. Do you rotate toys? Yeah, through? I rotate so toys. So you don't have to have 50,000 toys. Mm-hmm. It's rotating them, but also how you place them. Maybe it's a little fuzzy mouse that you stick on the edge of a, a cat tree with the tail hanging down. Or I might put a ping pong ball in an empty tissue box. <laughs> you know, or if I get an Amazon delivery, you know, I, I cut out a hole and turn the box upside down and stick oh, you know, some keep toys them in there. For hours. So, yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> just playtime is important. You know, cats out in the wild would hunt about 12 times a day. Doesn't mean they would get 12 prey, but they would go through that experience. They were built for that kind of stimulation. You said something before we, we started recording about laser pointers mm-hmm. um, that I, my son and, and daughter-in-law have a cat that enjoys chasing the laser pointer but you said something to consider with that right laser pointers they're fun for us to use because it's minimal effort for us to get maximum <laughs> you know you impact. call me lazy <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it's fun to watch the cats just bounce off the wall but that's not how cats hunt they hunting is really mental and physical they go through all the stalking and the pouncing they're ambush predators they don't chase to exhaustion but they also are very tactile they depend on the carpal whiskers that are on their 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 front paws which would be our wrist so that when they capture the prey their carpal whiskers will tell them if the prey is moving and what position it is Mm. and when you play with the laser pointer 
the cat never gets that satisfaction. It's like, oh, I got it, and then I, I didn't get it. So they never really get that. So, so what? How if we really want to incur? It, I like using laser pointers. So how can I make it? They are fun. They are fun I, to watch. The how cat can cats. I make that also be an enjoyable experience for our cat? Okay, my I have to say. My initial recommendation is do not use laser pointers. It can create also light fixation. Oh, you know, okay. the light, the flickering fixations in cats. But if you are not going to listen to me and you are <laughs> insisting on playing with laser pointers, um, make sure you are not moving it frantically. The cat should not be panting. The cat should not be bouncing off the walls and mm. doing backflips. You want to use it in a way that the cat gets time to stalk and think and plan out and then as you're playing make sure you have something you can point the laser pointer on a toy you know so that you transition so the cat gets to feel something and then the most important thing of all is offer a treat afterward after so, so the mighty hunter yes. gets the reward what i hear is play is not for the human it's for, for the, the cat. cat and make sure to gear the play for the cat exactly you have to remember, cats are ambush predators. They have small lungs. They're sprinters. They are not the lions on the savanna who chase the zebra, you know, to exhaustion. A lot of what they do is being stealthy, being invisible and silent and sneaking up to that ambush distance, and then they pounce. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I, that they had small lungs. I'd never thought about that, but that's right. They, all the cats, they, they, they pounce. They, do, they don't. They, they can run fast. They can run about up to like thirty miles an hour. But they're sprinters. They right. can't maintain that. Yes, yeah, so I'm not taking. I'm not taking. You're not taking them the on, cat long on my run. Yeah, uh, Maverick no. will go on my run. Me and the cat will hang out and do a, a ten yard sprint. <laughs> You'll and be and done. If, <laughs> you and the cat will pounce on the couch. That's right. That's right. And if you want playtime to be beneficial, you want to play the way a cat would naturally hunt. Otherwise, you're just doing aerobic activity, which you know, may or not may not be good for the cat because you might just completely exhaust them mm-hmm. to the point where it's just too much for their lungs. Hmm. Something else for me to think about. Man, that's just thank you, Pam. I'm that, sorry feel, to be Debbie Downer. No, I feel no, I feel better. I, I feel mean, educated. I, yeah. I, right. I, I'm not. I feel educated, and I'm going to share with Jordan and Maddie. Of course, like, he, he's going to he's going <laughs> to impress his friends and family at dinner. So, yeah. Hey, <laughs> well, that brings us to number five on Pam's top five list of things every cat owner should know. This is, I think, probably the most important. Do not skip the cat's care. Cats are so stoic, they hide signs of pain and illness, and we tend to write those things off, like, oh, it's hot out, that's why the cat's sleeping more than normal, or, you know, they, they don't pay attention to the fact that gee, he's going to the litter box more than he used to, or uh, he's eliminating outside of the litter box. Oh, gee, he must be mad at me. And we just kind of, we don't pay attention to the fact that those could be medical issues. So cats still do not visit the veterinary clinic as often as dogs do. So do not skip veterinary care. I was trying to find it in here. We there was a. I'm going to keep looking, uh, but we had uh, Dr. Grubb came on and spoke with us. Wasn't it Dr. Grubb that came and spoke about uh, pain in our pets? Is my pet in pain? Yes, I think that's right. Um, and um, but she talked about with cats especially that if we started to see them not jumping up on things, um, Stephen, what episode is it? Episode thirty-five. 
episode 35. Yes. So go back and listen to that. It talks about identifying pain in mm-hmm. our pets, but it's cats specifically in there about the, like if we notice them not jumping anymore, that that could be a sign that they're in pain. It's really what I tell people is any change in behavior. And mm-hmm. that could be, you know, just movement, play, sociability, or whether they're changing appetite, litter box habits, any change because cats are creatures of habit uh, and they like routine. Any change is a potential red flag. So I like that you said that um, because we need to see our cats at the vet office. I mean, we just do. That's really important. And just be and just because you rescued a cat who was you know maybe hanging out at your backyard uh, doesn't mean that cat does not deserve the same veterinary care as the cat you bought from a breeder. Mm-hmm. Good, good points. Well. Hey, the recap. I mean, yeah. Top five. Here we go. Number one, Stephen. Number one, provide sufficient resources. Number two was understand how cats communicate. Number three, training is important. And number four was don't forget to play appropriately with your cats. And number five, Pam, we'll give you the, the most important one. Don't skip veterinary care. I mean, I don't, this was a great episode as we knew it would be. Uh, thank you for coming in and sharing your, t- your list of the top five things every cat owner should know. Um, and now it's time to teach our listeners something they should know so that they can win trivia night at the local pub or impress their friends and family at dinner. It's time for our unsponsored <laughs> fun fact section. Michael's really working this sponsorship. Somebody out there, Somebody's call in and sponsor this Somebody thing. Listen, I don't even know what we would ask for them to sponsor. But I, also, I want to go to the pub where they're doing cat trivia. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Man, we would dominate if we had Pam on our team. We could, cat uh, trivia night. We should suggest that over here at uh, Cedar Glade Bruce. We, we should go over there and be like hey we should have an animal theme trivia night over here anyway it's time for our fun fact section pam what do you have for us today well cats do not taste sweets really cats don't have taste receptors to taste sweet they are carnivores now a lot of people are listening and going oh no my cat loves to share my ice cream my cat loves chocolate chip cookies whatever uh it is not the sweet that attracts the cat it's the fat because they are carnivores. Now I know why cats like to sit on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said that. I did. Wow. That <laughs> was, I was trying to say it before Stephen did because it was coming. So they don't, they don't, ha- they lack sweet receptors on their tongues. Right. Okay. So it's, it is believed that it is the fat. Now, still, it's not good for the cats. That's right. <laughs> Let's stay away from the sweets. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, don't stay away from the next episode. That you'll will you come back and join us again? I sure will. All right. You just tell me what you want to talk about. You have a standing open invitation on the Family Pet Podcast anytime you want to come. Pam, will you please remind our listeners where they can find out more about you um, and the books that you've written and the resources that you have available for cat parents? Sure. My website is catbehaviorassociates.com. And there's information there about my books, but also there are a lot of articles on there that, that are pretty in-depth. And you can also find me on Facebook at Pam Johnson Bennett, and Instagram is Think Like a Cat. Think Like a Cat. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Family Pet Podcast. If you know of a friend or family member out there that has a cat, please uh, share this episode with them. And while you're doing that, give us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time... 
stay curious. The Family Pet Podcast is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet Podcast is a production of Family Pet Health PLLC and is recorded in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only, and you should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on anything that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com.